Welcome to the San Antonio Baptist Association. You're listening to a Sabbath Talks podcast. This is uh, Roland Lopez with uh, Sabbath Talks. And this afternoon we have with us um, uh, Pastor Carlos Navarro, who is a pastor at West Brownsville. And so we're going to go around the table and kind of introduce ourselves. And I'm going to start here with um, Eric. Hi, my name is Eric Hilgers. I'm the storyteller here at the San Antonio Baptist Association. And uh, hermano, uh, brother Carlos. Yeah, this is Pastor Navarro, Carlos Navarro, here in West Brownsville Baptist Church in Brownsville, Texas. My name is Roland Lopez with the San Antonio Baptist Association, and my responsibilities here at uh, in the association is uh, church uh, planter and evangelism. Uh, we have invited um, our brother Carlos um, to. Um, to talk to us uh, a little bit about uh, evangelism. And um, I have had the privilege to know um, Brother Carlos, to know him over 20 years. I remember that I was pastoring in the Valley in McAllen, Texas, when he uh, got to um, um, to West Brownsville Baptist Church in Brownsville, Texas, back, I believe, back in 1993. And so he... Um, uh, he went to that small church, a small group of people, and uh, I remember uh, following his um, uh, his ministry as to how God was blessing him tremendously and winning people to Christ and baptizing them into the fellowship of that uh, wonderful church, the West Brownsville Baptist Church. And so I have always admired his leadership and his style and his pastoral style and and pastoral evangelism. That uh, it was, uh, and on many occasions, um, uh, I've gone from San Antonio to their equipping um, of uh, evangelism and have always been impressed of how God uses this man uh, to, um, uh, to share the gospel of the Lord Jesus and to motivate uh, his, his church. And so uh, we do have a few questions that we'd like to ask our brother. Uh, our brother, uh, can you kind of just share with us... Um, well, the time that you um, uh, landed there at West Brownsville Baptist Church, uh, what um, what prompted you to um, immediately move into doing evangelism here in Brownsville? In fact, I came in 1993 in November 15, and I found a church with only 65 people. We're talking about uh, probably 30 kids and youth and the rest adults. And then in less than two years, the church grew up so fast to almost 250. And then in five years, seven years, we already got to 1,000 people. And that's why we decided to have uh, four services on Sunday, two in the morning, two in the evening. And because those two services really grew so fast, uh, including the Wednesday night Bible study, it got to a point that we had almost uh, 350 people on Wednesday night. So we decided to have another service in weekdays that it has um, to reach more people. So we decided to put one service on Friday. And then the building was the mayor barrier. We couldn't grow anymore because the building didn't allow us to grow more. And that's where and, and everything happened because I was not the only one sharing the gospel. As soon as I arrived here, I talked to the congregation, and I told them, hey, there's 200,000 people outside. They don't know anything about the Lord. 
and that we are the only ones here because God put us here to do just one specific job, and that's just the first freight. And that's what has happened. So uh, people, the church was just, uh, you know, they only thought about the, the pastor was the only one to share the, the message. But I was, uh, you know, I was blessed, and uh, God uh, really it moved the people's hearts, and they started to get involved in evangelism uh, with intentional evangelism, not only just uh, waiting for people to come to church or just to build in a relationship with somebody, but just uh, the moment we see a person and the, we start sharing the gospel and, and making sure that they can make the profession of faith with us. Well, well, that would, that leads me to the to the next question that I believe you uh, touched on, and that is um, uh, how you were able to, um, uh, to to do. How do you do the personal evangelism and um, church evangelism? For instance, uh, I know that you are uh, one that shares the gospel, and uh, how how do you do that, brother? How do you go about? on a personal basis, one-on-one, sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus. And then, of course, uh, it moves on to your church. Yeah. Anywhere, any moment, any any place, it's uh, our pulpit. So our people already find a way to approach everybody and start just giving some tracks and start talking about the Lord, asking the question if they go to any church or if they know any uh a place to go to worship, or they know if they have any relationship with God. So what helps us a lot is because the background here and uh, in our environment, and with 200,000 people in Brownsville, and 92, 93% speak Spanish, and most of them are Mexicans. So we got to understand that their background, their religious background is Catholicism. So we know how to share the gospel with Catholics. And not only that, but you'll be surprised. We have led to probably 10 to 15 former Jehovah's Witnesses to come to Christ. Uh, Even Mormons, we have, we led to Christ here in in our church. And uh, and the thing is how we do it is because uh, the congregation see it, there is a need. And we're not here just to share the gospel, just to bring people to, to church. But we share the gospel to bring people to, to Christ and uh, to for them to start a new relationship with the Lord. So what, what happened is that we're not afraid anymore. And our people, our congregation, they, they lost the fear. I mean, they, they, they're so in love with the Lord. They know what they're doing. They know what they're saying. They have a lot of passion. And they just can't wait to get out and, and, and start sharing the gospel. Well, well, I was very, uh, very impressed on several occasions that I went out to to, um, to be equipped and trained uh, by you and some of your people there. When you had, um, when you have your evangelism training, I know you have those every year, and uh, and also I'm impressed uh, about uh, how long have you had your seminary? Because I know that um, uh, every one of those pastors that. Um, that y'all have commissioned to be pastors of new congregations, these guys are soul winners. So I'm sure yeah. that uh, evangelism is on top uh, of uh, the totem pole when it comes to the teaching uh, in your seminary. 
Yeah, uh, well, been, we've been in the seminary for 22 years. There's been already six promotions with uh, over 25 pastors. Out of the 25 pastors, 22, they have already churches, and uh, the 22 have been ordained. The other three uh, pastors are not ordained yet because they're in, they're in the processing of the church planting. And that's one of the reasons is because the boom, the explosion of evangelism, is because everybody can do it at any time. And we became experts in evangelism and the flea markets and the streets in downtown Brownsville. Even, even my name is in five different funeral homes. When they don't find any priest or then when they don't find any preacher to do a, a funeral service, they call me. So imagine before the COVID, um, every funeral home packed with about 150, 125 people there. Even though that I didn't know the person that died, I present the gospel. I don't talk about, uh, I mean, I I didn't know the person, but I know Christ. And I start sharing the gospel, and I start preaching. And sometimes, believe it or not, and this is one of the things that many people or many pastors don't believe me. So I want to ask you, uh, you know, I want to ask them to come and invite them to come and see what we do. Uh, I'm not exaggerating, but sometimes in most of the funeral services, over 50 to 60 people raise their hands to accepting the Lord as their personal Savior. Wow. Truly a soul winner, brother. And I have um, definitely been there on several occasions on how uh, in your services and and then just came back. Uh, I, I would say last night, uh, Eric and myself and uh, Dr. Daryl Horn, was, uh, we made a trip to Brownsville. And when you said uh, that uh, you share the gospel with uh, a Mormon, Jehovah's Witness, Catholics, uh, uh, it was just a joy to be in a building that uh, you folks bought, that now you have a pastor there, and it, you bought that building from a Jehovah's Witness hall. And now exactly. you proclaim the gospel. So <laughs> that is, I mean, I can definitely verify, confirm uh, just uh, how God is blessed of that ministry. Yeah, so you saw on Saturday that we had only five visitors Unbelievers and the only five visitors that came to the inauguration to the building, the five people already, you know, they lifted their hands and they raised their hands and accepted the Lord. That was on Saturday. On Sunday, when they had a service, they already were there for Sunday school because our people, our counselors, they already approach him and tell him, hey, good to have you here. It's very nice to know that you came to Christ and we offer you this and this. So we want you to grow in, the, uh, in your relationship with the Lord, and we offer you, you know, Sunday school classes and discipleship. So they're already, they're already booked. They're already wow. enrolled in Sunday school. Yeah. You see, and that's one of the things, brother, when you mentioned in the beginning of our program and also in this Spanish, this uh, uh, same podcast of evangelism, is uh, intentional evangelism. You saw that there were yeah. people that lost people there last night. And uh, only five visitors um, that were new came, and uh, what you did, you shared the gospel, and then you extended an invitation to see how they were going to respond to the gospel, and they did respond. And uh, in other words, it's very intentional. And this is something that we're not seeing uh, from the pulpits anymore. Some believe it's... uh, 
Uh, it's not relevant. Some believe that, well, that's the old-fashioned way. But let me tell you something. Whatever it's going to take to lead somebody to faith in Christ, then um, then that's what um, uh, needs to be done. But uh, you have been one model of a preacher evangelist, pastor evangelist, that has exemplified the intentionality of sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus. I believe Eric has a question here. Yeah, yeah, quick yeah. question, Pastor Carlos. Uh, what would you say to some, some pastors that believe evangelism is obsolete in today's day and age, meaning there's no point to it because of the technology takeover? Why not just send somebody a message that, hey, come to church, as opposed to, you know, meeting them face-to-face? Why don't we just everybody stay home and watch church online? What would you say to those pastors? Yeah, I mean, um, we have uh, in our hands all kind of technology that we have to be wise enough to to use it to share the gospel. Um, I want to say this: I'm not a res- I'm not a result, or I'm not a product of a, a revival or a, any uh, sermon in a church. I accepted the Lord in my heart uh, because a lady back then in Guatemala, where I'm, I was born, when I was 16 years old, uh, she. She approached me with the gospel, and, uh, and she told me that God loved me and that he had a plan for me. And, in fact, she was going to a Pentecostal church, but she mm-hmm. was a soul winner. And she came, and she approached me and taught me everything, and I didn't accept the Lord that day. But I, but I had that in my mind, the need to do it anytime soon. So the day that I left Guatemala... When I came illegally to this country, at 4 o'clock in the morning, kneeling down in my bed before God, on February the 13th in 1982, at 4 o'clock in the morning, I made my profession of faith. So uh, it's not obsolete. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, I think, uh, I don't know, pastors or preachers are maybe just, they're just used to preach the gospel behind the pulpit. And they don't want to do it outside, and they don't want right. to use the media, and they don't want to use this social, uh, you know, <laughs> resources that we have. But uh, this is the moment. Mm-hmm. This is, I think, this is the best time for church to show up, to man up, and to stand up. Amen. Amen. That's good. Uh, one last question that I have, my brother, and that is. Um, uh, how do you motivate and mobilize um, non-believers to um, to engage others with the gospel? How to just share the gospel? I I know that uh, we've covered uh, quite a bit as, as you have shared today um, about uh, your church and what God's doing. But uh, what's the what what do you? Uh, I mean, you are definitely someone who motivates and mobilizes, and and that's to be admired. Yeah, it's you know it's just to it, to have passion and to have conviction in what you're doing, and it's not just uh, sharing the gospel with someone that I know that is going to come to my church. I think everybody deserves uh, to hear the gospel. Like I said, uh, if, if, you know, think about that lady. She was 16 years old. I was just about 17, 18 before I came to the states, and she approached me, and I never went to her church. So she just shared the gospel with me, and now I became a Baptist preacher. But I was introduced to the gospel from a, you know, from another perspective, another lady with another denomination. So 
I I just uh, what I share with the, my church, with the congregation, with my leaders is um, the passion we have, the love we have for the Lord. We have to transmit it in uh, in just to prove that that we have a very uh, rooted and profound convictions that this is a necessity. This is this is a most for the church to do. Amen. Well, Brother Carlos, thank you so much uh, for your time and uh, this afternoon and uh, the words that you have shared with us. I know that uh, anyone that would be listening or is listening to Sabbath Talks on uh, this uh, afternoon or in the future on this um, uh, in this interview, uh, I know it will help and will undergird and will motivate and encourage uh, many others uh, to um, to share the gospel. And we here at um, uh, San Antonio Baptist Association, we exist to connect and to support, to encourage uh, churches uh, for kingdom impact. This is what we're all about. And this is why we had this interview with my friend, uh, Pastor Carlos Navarro. You will be hearing more of him uh, in the coming um, in the coming weeks, uh, when you will hear him uh, speak about church planting, because this church definitely has been involved not only in uh, planting uh, congregations in the area of Brownsville, Texas, but also around the world. And it's very impressive as to how God has used this man in. Um, uh, in planting of new churches uh, around the world. Uh, we were going to have a, a podcast with our brother earlier today, but he was on Zoom with uh, some uh, some pastors that he mentors in in Spain and also his church sponsoring several works out in that area. So uh, our, I can't wait for the next podcast where we hear from him of how God is using the life, his life, and the life of West Brownsville uh, to plant new churches. God bless you. You are now listening to Sabbath Talks. God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Sabbath Talks podcast. We look forward to continuing our conversation next time in hopes of better connecting, encouraging,